Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Okay, it's okay. Don't panic. I am live, and that's good. And I just tried to do LinkedIn, um, but I'm not approved. Oh God! Good evening. Good evening. Um, I think I. I'm not sure. Anyway, I think I'm live. I think I'm actually live now. Pretty sure I'm live. Um, good. This is going well. Good start. Okay. Well, that's good. I think I'm live on Facebook. Um, not like I haven't done this before, obviously. And I am now going to get myself. I thought I thought today was going to be a really slick one. To be honest, I've done a lot of work. I hope you've appreciated. I've written all the questions down. We got photos involved today. Yes, you heard me. Photos, and um, I've done loads of um. Uh, stories on instagram so instagram is just gonna gonna just go mental i'm sure it is um so i'm just typing in live q a with jj stano i'm guessing i should put plastic surgeon because i'm assuming there might be some people out there who don't know that jj stano is a plastic surgeon i know hard to believe live now right good so um good evening yes it is it is working uh instagram is telling my followers that i'm live instagram you don't need to tell them because i've already told them i've done a post and i've done a story about this so that is one more do you want right um yeah seven o'clock and it is time it is tuesday today isn't it i have got the right day let's just assume it's tuesday and battle on uh, yeah, definitely Tuesday. Okay, good. So I'm in the right place. So um, got some questions. If you've got any questions, yeah, Jackie's here. So therefore, we must be the right place. Um, if you've got any questions, feel free to ask me. Um, and if you um, haven't got any questions, then I've got some preconceived questions of my own. Question number one. My implants are 10 years old. Do I need to have them checked? Hi, I had my breasts augmented 10 years ago, and until now, I never had my breast implants checked. I'd like to understand if there is any capsule contracture and the general status of the implants, and in case have a, an MRI scan booked, is this service something you offer? So this is quite a common um, question about people about having implants checked, and the main thing that I offer, and people do different things, and any time people do different things means there's no right way of doing things. So the way I do it is that I offer all my patients a yearly follow-up. I offer all my patients for everything that, but uh, you know, particularly for breast implants, uh, a yearly follow-up and an open appointment if there's any problems. Uh, I don't routinely do things like MRI scans or ultrasound scans, although I know that some people do. Um, 
And I don't routinely tell people to change their implants every 10 years, although I know that there is something out there somewhere because people often say they've got to be changed every 10 years. Um, the main issue, as this person has suggested, is capsular contracture. And that's probably the main reason for uh, needing to have your implants changed. And you would know if you've got capsular contracture. So capsular contracture is hardening of the implant and capsular is capsule contractor is graded according to how hard the implants are, how much you can feel them, whether you can see them and whether they're uh, uncomfortable. So if you can't feel them and you can't see them and you're not uncomfortable, then you don't need your implants changed. So it is very much um, up to the patient or at least it's driven by the patient whether you have your implants changed or not. So I think it's not unreasonable that uh, you've left them 10 years and you haven't uh, you haven't had them checked that's that's okay uh, by having said that by all means do get them checked and uh, I always say to people go to your original surgeon if you want to come and see me you're welcome to come and see me but um, you know uh, get them checked by someone but the main things when we're checking someone with implants that we're looking for is a problem which means hardly the most common thing as I say is hardening of the implant and you would have noticed that yourself so if you come and you don't feel that your implants are hard, then that's, you know, that that's not a problem. Um, the other thing is uh, you can get problems in terms of rupture, uh, which would mean, uh, and there's two types of rupture, intra and ex extra capsule rupture, depending on whether the rupture is maintained within the capsule, which is that scar tissue that forms around the implant. It's called a capsule and that's what contracts over time. Uh, so if the rupture is maintained within that capsule, then um, then the implant keeps its shape and is often people don't even realize it's ruptured it's what's known as a silent rupture um, and and so you know you may not even know that if it's an extra capsular rupture that's something usually which has got a little bit more trauma something like a car accident or falling off your horse or something like that which would be mean the implant would change shape and then you probably would want to seek help and, and get it scanned and get it looked at um so um uh the other thing the important but very rare thing is alcl which is a very rare type of cancer associated with implants but again that is um um uh flagged up by the patient so it's uh, a lump or a swelling um and i always say to people look if you get a lump or a swelling in your breast you should seek help whether or not you got implants in and statistically speaking i'm afraid to say you're much more likely to have a problem with your breast than you are with the implant but then nevertheless you might not be able to tell the difference between breast and implant so if you have a lump or a swelling then you should seek help so the bottom line is if you've got a problem a lump or swelling a hardening a change in shape then by all means you should get things checked out i do offer people routine uh, checkups and routine follow-ups but a lot of surgeons don't and i think you know it's pro it's probably okay not to because most problems will be uh, flagged up by the patient <clears throat> so you don't necessarily have to come back for routine follow-ups it's not like we're going to find something and say oh god you need these implants changed um that you didn't know about so um yeah personally i don't routinely scan although i do routinely follow patients up um having said that if you want to scan we can arrange a scan. We don't do scans at the clinic, but we can certainly arrange a scan at the um, local um, private hospital or whichever hospital is local to you. Um, so, yeah. So by all means, come and have it checked. But what I'll be looking for, well, the first thing I'll be asking you, have you got any problems? So if straight off the bat, if you say I've got no problems, 
you know, they're not causing me any bother, they feel fine. I'm already thinking, I don't think I'm going to be doing anything here. But, you know, nevertheless, I will still examine you and, and see what's what. But it is very much driven by patients uh, rather than actually the, the doctor. So, uh, yeah, I hope that's helpful. Uh, you see, I told you Instagram would kick off. Told you. Yeah. See, look, gastric, fantastic. Seely, I keep meaning to ask, and I know I'm not normally very serious, but I'm really interested in this. Why can't you have fat just cut off the stomach? Is there organs in there or is it just the fat? Um, gastric, fantastic. You can have fat cut off the stomach. That's a tummy tuck. That's cut, cutting fat off the stomach. So um, the, the stomach, meaning the, the abdominal area, you know, the area around your belly button, and cutting the fat off the stomach is a tummy tuck. So yes, you can have fat, uh, fat cut off the stomach. Now, there are organs in there. The organs are deeper to where we take the fat off. Um, so you have basically skin, and then you have fat, and then you have the anterior abdominal wall, and then inside the anterior abdominal, which is all the muscles, you know, these six-pack muscles and those are loads of muscles which make up your anterior abdominal wall. And inside that is where your liver and your spleen and your stomach and your bowel is. So um, that we take everything um, superficial to the anterior abdominal wall. Um, Scorry, I forgot the Ask JJ tag, but I thought it, and that's what counts. Absolutely, the thought is what it counts. Whether you write the Ask JJ or not is not uh, not so important. Um I thought that was only loose skin. No, it's not. I mean, the main problem is loose skin. And what I normally say to people it is not a fat reduction or a fat removal procedure. So if you if you feel like you're carrying too much fat, then the best thing is to lose weight. Because if you lose weight, that will get rid of the fat. And you're better off doing that rather than having a tummy tuck. Fat uh, Tummy tucks are for people who've lost weight, who then we remove the skin and tighten the skin. But having said we remove the skin, we remove fat as well. So you remove the fat underneath the skin. So you do remove fat as well as skin. The But the main underlying problem is usually skin rather than fat. As I say, um, if you put on weight in your fat, then normally it's not a problem. In fact, you're probably not a candidate for a tummy tuck because the skin is tight because you're just big and, you know, and overweight, for instance. The time that you need a tummy tuck is when you've lost the weight because putting on that weight has stretched the skin. And it's exactly the same happens when you have a, ch a child, have a pregnancy. It stretches the skin and then you, the stretching force goes and you're left with redundant skin. And then you remove that redundant skin, but you remove fat along with um, the redundant skin. Um, so we often take a photo of it. So it's a big chunk of fat and skin. <clears throat> uh, but we don't go intra-abdominal uh, with it. So there's quite a lot of fat and, and uh, skin superficial to the muscle. Well, on the same vein, next question is, do you do lipo to mons area? Yes, I do do lipo to mons area. Um, and mons area it seems to be quite a big topic on these Facebook lives and uh, Instagram lives. And I was I messed up. I would have been on YouTube live as well. But I tried to go on LinkedIn, but it's not let me. And, I, and, I've, and I've therefore not on Facebook. I mean, um, YouTube, I think it's taken the YouTube space, but hey, how you live and learn. Um, so yes, you can have lipo to the mons area. So the mons area can be a challenging area to address at the time of a tummy tuck uh, because the um, tummy tuck is all about removing the skin and the fat above the mons area. If you don't know where the mons area is, the mons area is the pubic hair area. And the, and the tummy tuck removes everything above there and then brings the skin down. Um, and often people don't know they've got a problem with the mons. So it is good 
if you're aware before you start that you've got a problem with your mons and they have what's called ptosis of your mons um loose skin on your mons and you couldn't you can have uh, excess fat and a bulge in the mons area but if you need a t if you need a tummy tuck you may have uh the abdominal apron may be hanging over that mons area and you may not see or, or be aware of the fact that you've got that bulge on the mons so um it is uh, difficult to um to address the mons at the time of a tummy tuck and you're limited as to what you can do so you can do liposuction and liposuction is definitely possible to the mons area particularly if you're having liposuction to other areas like the hips which is a sort of normal area to liposuction when you're doing a tummy tuck and that will obviously remove some fat from the mons area but the problem with liposuction is it doesn't remove skin and so liposuction works really well in areas where the skin recoils and the skin recoils really well on the hips uh, and the sides but the mons it doesn't recoil quite so well so you might be left with redundant skin there so you, if you have got very prominent mons yes it'd be possible to try and debulk that and make that a bit smaller with some liposuction but it might also be that there'll be some redundant skin left behind there which might need to be addressed at a second stage and that's always good if you can have that conversation before your tummy tuck so that you're aware so you don't have a tummy tuck and get rid of that abdominal apron and then suddenly there's a um, sort of bulge of skin there over your mom's and you're like what the heck's that so uh, it's good to have that conversation first but yes it is possible to do some mons uh, liposuction to the mons to take some heaviness out of it although it has to be addressed on a on a case-by-case -case basis because it might not be it might not be a complete correction to that area kimberly is in the house uh hello kimberly good evening nice to see you here this evening uh gastric fantastic is saying things thank you especially for men i guess i find most of my male members are embarrassed about it sorry what are we talking about gastric oh loose skin oh yeah well women talk about it more but i have a lot of guys that have lost weight and can't see or is after the weight loss can you do the guys too? Absolutely, yes, uh, CD. We can do the guys too. Yes. Are you talking about monzies and um, and tummy tucks now? Yeah. But yeah, m m absolutely. People think that tummy tucks are just for women, but uh, the two reasons you need a tummy tuck are uh, pregnancy and weight loss. So clearly, pregnancy is a woman thing. You got that. But weight loss, it's, you know, it's not uncommon for for men to have a uh, tummy tuck. It's it's certainly not as common as women. But it's, it's certainly not as uncommon as you might think, uh, a man having a tummy tuck. So uh, that is that is definitely a, a thing. Right, mini tummy tuck or full tummy tuck photo. So I've got photos for this. So here's some photos. Um, okay. How many photos can I show? Oh, so yes, the boys have skin overhanging penis. I'm not sure if we're allowed to use that word, Seely. I'll have to check with my producer. Yeah, can we use the word penis? No, we can't use that word, Seely. So sorry about that. Sorry, viewers, about that word. That was um, Seely, nothing to do with me. Um, so I have got a photo which I'm currently showing on um, Facebook, and I'm going to show that. Right, I'm going to just show it there. Mons, it's Mons, it's not got a D in it. See, it's just Mons, M-O-N-S. So this is a photo of a patient who has said, um, well, I'm not exactly sure what she said, but basically the gist of it is, can I have a mini or a full tummy tuck? And the answer to that is, I, I, you know, no one needs anything. So this patient doesn't need anything. She's absolutely fine and she'll live a long and happy life um, without having anything done. 
uh, I'll show you Instagram viewers. I'll show you a different uh, different asset, as Instagram likes to put it. There, there's a sort of uh, oblique view. Um, so no one actually needs anything. But uh, if she, this patient wanted a tummy tuck, then she would be a candidate for a tummy tuck. Yes, she would. Um, I mean, she could have either. So you basically got a spectrum from a, you know, nothing to a lot and, 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 and in between. And I guess a mini tummy tuck will be in between. Now, some people aren't candidates for full tummy tucks. And so in those circumstances, then a mini tummy tuck would be get better and, uh, well, would be the only option. And a mini tummy tuck just really gets rid of that bulge you can see above. I'm assuming she's got a cesarean scar. It's often sort of the cesarean scar often pulls in and tucks in that skin giving that unsightly overhang sort of look. So um, a, uh, a uh, mini tummy tuck would get rid of that um, and would give a result. But I think this patient would also be a candidate for a full tummy tuck. I think she's got enough laxity to, to do a full tummy tuck. And a full tummy tuck would give a more comprehensive contouring of the abdomen. It would go much more to the sides. It would also contour above the belly button. A mini tummy tuck doesn't do anything above the belly button. Uh, it would remove all of the skin from the belly button down. That whole uh, area of skin would get removed. And then it would bring the skin from the belly button up and stretch it all the way down. And then there'd be a new hole for where the belly button would pop through again. So it's a significantly uh, longer scar, but it's significantly more skin is removed with a full tummy tuck. So I think this patient will be a candidate for either. And I think she would get a better result, better contouring with a full tummy tuck. However, it's a longer scar, it's a bigger operation, it's more downtime, it's more expensive, and more risk of complications. So, um, you know, it will be a balance as to see what sort of uh, results she was trying to achieve as to which would be the right sort of um, tummy tuck for her, because um, it really depends on, you know, how much skin removal she wants versus how much downtime that uh, she's prepared to put up with so uh, I think um, probably the best result would be with a full uh, tummy tuck because that would contour the whole abdomen but as I say it's a bigger operation with more downtime so it would, it would need a discussion it's hard for us to say you need a full tummy tuck and you can't have a mini tummy tuck you know, we can say that you're going to get more of a result from a full tummy tuck as long as you can take on those extra complications and risks and scarring, etc. that's associated with it. So, um, so yeah, um, I hope that has cleared that up. And if I now can get myself back on, nope. Hold on a minute. Sorry. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, so, uh, back in the room. So yeah, that was good, wasn't it? That was, thank you very much for letting me show that photo. I think it's nice when people let me show photos because it brings a bit of, bit of joie de vivre, yeah? A bit of, um, bit of devilment, bit of fun, yeah? Um, well, maybe not fun, but anyway. Um, well, we haven't got a photo for this one. Do I need cyst removing after it has burst? Simple answer, yes, you do. So um, a lot of times when cysts burst, you think they've gone, you think they've disappeared uh, because the contents discharge and, um, and you think that's it, jobs are good. And, but the problem is when a cyst bursts, and that's usually when it gets infected, um, the cyst wall remains. So that's the problem. So if the cyst wall remains, then it 
can and usually does refill and it does recur. Now, the first thing to say, if there's any sign of infection, so if it's just burst and there's a sign of infection, probably best not to do anything, probably best to steer clear until that infection has settled down. Now, if it's completely burst and there's nothing there, again, probably best just to leave it and wait. Who knows? It might not come back. But what I would say is it probably will come back and it probably will refill. And it's so the thing is to be prepared for it to come back and refill. And when it comes back and refills, then you might want to have it removed. And that's the time to do it when it's quiet, when there's no sign of infection, when you've got that lump there again, then we can uh, make a little cut over the top of it and then take that cyst wall out. And it, once we've got the cyst wall out, then we know it's not going to come back. So unfortunately, there's always a risk of it coming back if it's burst or if you drain it, put a needle in it, drain it or whatever. If you don't get rid of that cyst wall, it can keep on coming back. So you're much better off um, having it properly moved once you've once it's burst. Why can't I go on holiday straight after surgery? Well, um, several reasons. First reason is, you know what, you're not going to feel up to it. You just had surgery. You've got to recuperate. You've got to rest. It's a waste of money to go on holiday straight after surgery, I would say, because you're going to feel, I don't know what surgery this is, but let's just assume for sake of argument, it's not like breast surgery or something like that. Um, you know, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel tight. It's going to look strange. It's not going to look normal. Um, you're not going to be great holding your bags at the airport sort of thing. It's going to feel, oh, my God, that's making it swell. So it's, it's um, and you're going to, you know, be tired and jaded. So that's that's quite a big reason. But also one of the problems with surgery, one of the risks of surgery, different risks with different types of surgery, but one of the risks is DVT, which is clots in your legs which can fly up into your lungs and form a PE. And so if you go on holiday, then you're increasing your risk of DVT because a long journey, particularly in an aeroplane economy class syndrome when your legs are bent, down, bent, bent uh, then you will impede the blood flow back from your calves. And there's a risk the blood can clot in your calves. And that's a DVT. And that could be a really serious thing. So um, you don't want to compound your risks of DVT. So having surgery when you're lying immobile on an operating table increases your risk of DVT. So if you then go on holiday, particularly go on a flight, you're compounding those risks. So I'd advise not to do it. And I normally say to people six weeks is a sort of normal sort of time frame that you want to wait until you, until you go on holiday and do things. Number one, because you'll be feeling better. The shape might not have fully settled, but it'd be getting there. But you'll be feeling stronger with in terms of carrying bags and things. But number two is your risks of DVT and your risks of of, uh, of clots and things, but also your risk of having complications, wound healing problems. We had someone today who was going away a few weeks after surgery. I'm like, you know, I'm sure it'll probably be fine. But what if you do have a wound problem? What if it is a bit red, a bit swollen, doesn't look quite right? Normally, I'd say, well, come in and we'll have a look at it. And if you say, well, I'm in Marbella for the next two weeks, I'm like, well, what can we do? I'm mean, obviously we can do photos, we can do video calls and stuff. But if you need antibiotics, if you need dressings, anything like that, it can be a bit difficult if you're away. And I would advise against it. It's best to stay close um, and to, to work with your surgeon slash me, if I am your surgeon or whoever your surgeon is, um, until you're properly healed. And then once you're properly healed, as I say, after about six weeks, then you can go uh, on holiday and do whatever you, uh, you want. But uh, yeah, six weeks is a normal sort of time, I would suggest, for, for going on holiday. So... That's it. I'm out. Oh, I, I I don't think I've done this very well, to be honest with you. I've I've um, we haven't got Megan and uh, 
we've been trying to collate questions, but did I, I didn't do one last week, did I? No. So anyway, but if you have got a question, if you've asked a question I haven't asked, I'm terribly sorry. Um, if you uh, have you got any questions, please feel free to email me or message me or whatever. Um, oh, Rachel, what you got? Is the six-week wait the same with all surgery? Not, not really. I mean, it depends if you're, um, I mean, if you're having a mole removed, you know, then uh, then then no. But I'm going to say sort of a GA, you know, a general anesthetic or a bigger operation like, a, um, <clears throat> you know, like a tummy tuck or a breast lift or a breast implants or, you know, something like that. Then I would say six weeks. Well, oh, do you mean any surgery like also like having a hernia repaired or something like that? Yeah, I would say with any any surgery, it would be sensible not to go straight away um, because any surgery has got a risk of DVT because you're immobile on the operating table. So it's a risk with any surgery. It's not uh, specific to plastic surgery. There are some procedures which have got a higher risk. For instance, tummy tuck has got a higher risk of DVT. Um, but it's it's a, it's a risk with any sort of surgery, and it's related to how long the surgery is. So the longer you're lying still on the operating table, the higher risk of uh, of that. So I would say yes, yeah, six weeks just until you're feeling a bit better would be my advice. Uh, Kimberly says hi all. Uh, when can I lift shopping bags, etc.? Um, Kimberly, I can't remember how long ago your surgery was, but I'm going to say uh, normally about six weeks. Probably not six weeks, because I haven't seen you in clinic. I'm going to say normally about six weeks, four to six, normally about six weeks. Uh, with you, Kimberly, I would take it a bit easier for a bit longer. So, and I would listen to your body and I would say, how does it feel? If it's uncomfortable, if it feels a bit tight still, if it feels, you know, just don't do it. Just don't put any strain on it. Let it rest, let it settle, give it a couple more weeks. Four to six weeks is the normal for, for most people, but it's obviously different for everybody and everyone's got their own, you know, um, how how much their skin has will heal over the time and i think you've got to be really careful so i would err on the side of being more careful uh, in terms of lifting shopping bags and things and try it a bit a bit more easy if you feel great if it feels fine and you're lifting short distances and it feels fine then by all means carry on but just be aware of it and uh and take it easy as much as you can ruth says hi hi ruth thank you for saying hi it's good to see you here tonight sorry i'm late to the party uh is that the same with driving? Driving is two things with driving. First of all, you've got to check with your insurance company because they might say it's got to be a certain amount of time after surgery. Then they often say it's up to the doctor. <clears throat> and I would say when it depends on the op, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but obviously again. Um, so again, moles and things like that, you can drive home, although you're not supposed to after a local anesthetic. But anyway, you know, there's no real restrictions if you're having a local anesthetic case. If you're having a bigger op, like a breast implant or a breast lift or one of those things, I normally say for us for the for the lower end of it, which would be breast implants, I would say is sort of like the lower end, I'd say a week, maybe two to be safe. For the upper end, the bigger ops like tummy tucks, breast reductions, things like that, I'd say two to three weeks for driving. And again, it depends on how you feel. You might feel great at two weeks. You might think fantastic. You might still feel a bit rough and a bit uncomfortable. So listen to your body, see how you feel. You've got to do an emergency stop. You've got to wear a seatbelt. Um, so you have to um, you have to you have to still wear a seatbelt, specifically tummy tuck. So yeah, tummy tuck is is probably up the bigger end of the of the operation. So I normally say two to three for a tummy tuck. It is uh, variable according to different people. Sometimes people it's really tight and they've been over for a few weeks. Some people times after a week or so people are walking a lot better. So it is very specific for the person. 
But if you're working, for instance, and you need to drive to work, I would normally say, look, three weeks would be safe. Um, a lot of people can't take three weeks off, so you might be okay at two. But there's that word might, you know, I don't know. It's hard to know. Everyone's different. So, you know, two to three weeks is normal, I would say, for driving after a tummy tuck. Simon Monk, how's it? Yeah, <laughs> pick up yourself. Fellow uh, fellow Facebook influencer there. Um, yeah, influencers together. Abbas Soul. Now, that is a name. Uh, hi, Doctor. Hi, Abbas Soul. Um, love your work. Uh Ruth says, thank you. Thank you, Ruth. Um, yeah, wow, it's all kicked off now when I said there are any more questions, isn't it? So um, <clears throat> do I sound a bit hoarse? I feel like I sound a bit hoarse. But I feel like that's only just started now. It, I wasn't, I haven't noticed it before. Um, anyway, there you go. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Anyone got any more questions? Got nothing to do. I probably have a nice seven thirty-three here. Watch, watch a bit of TV. Antiques road trip problem is once you watched so much antiques road trip like myself, you put, you turn it on and it's a repeat. Nothing worse than that. Turn, mind you, I usually forget what's happened, so it's usually okay to watch it again because I usually forget how much it went for. But I, it has lost its luster a bit because they are going on with the repeats of it. But, uh, you know, we can do it. I'll catch the second half of the first episode and then I'll watch all the second one. Um, oh, Abba Soul. I love your work. I was wondering if I could talk to you in person about skincare. Um, yes, Abba Soul, you can talk to me in person about skincare. I don't know what you mean by skincare. I've got to be honest with you, Abba. Um, it's a funny old world, this, the, the cosmetics, the cosmetic, what should I call it? Cosmetic surgery world or cosmetic medicine world or whatever you want to call it because there is there is very much two groups of people and there's cosmetic practitioners and there's cosmetic surgeons and some bridge the gap some people do a bit of both um, but i'm very much like i'm very much a surgeon uh, and I, in fact a plastic surgeon rather than cosmetic surgeon but i do do um, cosmetic work so i do a very much surgery and my most of the surgery that i do is breast and body contouring so i do tummy tucks and and uh and um uh breast lifts implants reductions etc i don't really do faces i mean i do moles and cysts and i do earlobes but i don't really do faces in terms of facelifts etc i don't do botox and fillers um i don't do nose jobs i don't do eyelids so um, I'm not not really big, and certainly my clinic's not really big into the skincare world. And maybe if it's a specific skincare problem or issue, um, I would probably refer you and on and sort of say talk to a dermatologist. Um, I know Michelle Thompson, who works at the Priory. I don't know if you're based in Birmingham, but she works in the Priory, and she's a very good dermatologist that I often work with. So. Um, by all means, I'll have a bash. If you've got a question about skincare, I will have a bash. But um, my, uh, I'm not very nuanced on on in terms of you know people with complex um, skin problems. It's not really my niche. Um, breast and body, I'm fine. But um, anyway, just putting it out there. Perhaps I shouldn't have put that out there um, publicly because I'm going to lose all my skincare clientele. Then I haven't got any to be honest. So it's all right because yeah. You gotta have a niche, haven't you? That's my niche. Do what I do. 
that's what I do. That's what I like doing. People say you should do blepharoplasties, rhinoplasties, facelifts, you know, breast and body. That's what it is. Uh, Emma Morris. Hi. I'm wanting a mummy makeover, full tummy tuck with breast implants and uplift. What is the average cost? Whoa! That's a big one, Emma. That is a big one. Full tummy tuck with breast implants and uplift. Average cost. Don't know what the average cost is, Emma. I was going to say I could tell you what our cost is, but I don't know even know what our cost is. Um, you know what, Emma, since we're here, I can send you an email that will have the cost on it. But since we're here, I'm going to get the email up because I know the email's got the cost on it. So I'll tell you. What we're we talking, full tummy tuck with breast implants and uplift. So let's just get a random person and pretend we're going to send them an email and have the price on it. Bear with me. Bear with me, people. Just um, getting the price for Emma. Um, so now it does depend on the surgeon. So it's a bit different with me and with the other surgeons at the clinic. And it also does depend on the implants. Polyurethane implants are a bit more expensive than the silicone implants. So I'll give you the, the, the starting price, Emma. Uh, full tummy tuck, breast implants and uplift. Now, for, don't get scared. I don't want to scare everybody else away because that is quite an expensive procedure. A breast uplift with implants is an expensive procedure. And then you add a full tummy tuck onto that. And I'm assuming you're having those done at the set. Oh, yeah, you are. Mummy makeover. So, um, so breast lift with implants and full tummy tuck. Wait for it. There you go. Here's the email. If you want an email, Emma, let me know and I can send you this email with more information on it, all about the stuff. But guess. Go on, guess, Emma. Anyone guess? What's a full tummy tuck with a uh, breast implants and uplift? And the closest wins one. No, <laughs> no I'm not going to do that. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll just tell you. We're not getting into that. So a full tummy tuck with breast lift and implants, Emma, could be yours with a £500 deposit, 0% finance, installments of £1,071 for 12 months. But if you want to know the proper price, Emma, £13,341. Oh, here we go. Emma said 14. Ruth said 12. Yeah, well, look, well, there you go, Emma. It's cheaper than that. It's 13,341 for a, time, a full tummy type breast lift with implants. Now, as I say, it would be more, it's a different price, whether it's me or one of the other surgeons of the clinic. Uh, the other thing about the tummy tuck is if you have liposuction with a tummy tuck, that does increase the price. So that is the sort of starting price. If you have a uh, tummy tuck to your hips and, uh, and to your flanks, that would be more expensive. And if you were to have polyurethane implants, that is a bit more expensive as well. But um, it's, a, it's, it's an expensive procedure. I'm sorry to say that that would be quite an expensive procedure. But at the same time, let's not let's not Emma, let's not split hairs about the money. I mean, it's a life changer that breast lift with implants and a full tummy tuck. That would you know, that's quite a significant uh, procedure to 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 change the, the shape of your body. So, um, you know, let, let's focus on that rather than the monetary value. I think the monetary value, Emma, would be forgotten long uh long before or long after anyway <laughs> the the cost was you know what i'm saying the money is forgotten and then you'll benefit for years to come yeah so it is a it's a game changer it's a game changer emma um here we go uh so yeah emma 12 
Um, Abbas Soul, thank you for your brief insight. Maybe a brief conversation with you could possibly point me in the right direction. London-based here. Um, oh, London-based. Um, London-based skincare. Oh, there'll be loads, Abbas. I don't know. Um, I mean, I know plastic surgeons in London, but to be honest with you, most of the plastic surgeons I know are a bit more like me, I think. I think they're sort of like, you know, um, surgeon types. You know, Paul Harris, good guy. Um, Stuart James, worked with both of them in the Marsden, but they think they're more, you know, they might they might go, oh, no, I do skincare, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, Paul Harris, maybe. He's a good guy. Um, Emma. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, we can share it, Emma, one each. <laughs> so one free. Hold on a minute. What's going on? Free? No, nothing. <laughs> Buy one, get one free. Buy a tummy tuck, get a breast implants. Get breast lift with implants free. So, um, yeah. So there we go. Live on TV, how much a tummy tuck with a breast lift with implants is. So there you go. So um, there you go. Anyone know want another price of anything else? No, no, we're not going to go there. I don't, to be honest, I don't know why I did that. I did that because I finished early. I only did that. I don't normally get into prices. I don't like getting into prices. It's all very unsavory and uh, it doesn't sit well with me, you know. I just want to talk about the clinical thing, you know. Um, so there you go. Right, so if that's all, if that's all, uh, if we all collectively go on to channel 17, we might be able to get the auction bit of the first episode of Antiques Road Trip. Um, thank you all for your participation. Early on, Instagram smashed it. But I've got to be honest, Facebook came through. You know, Emma, Abbas, Ruth. What's that? Good care is... Right. Wish I should have said that. Good care is priceless. You can't. That's plenty of wellness. You can't put a price on this stuff, Emma. Honestly, well, you can, £13,341, but good care. That's what it's all about. Jackie says, <laughs> thank you, Jackie. Um, it's all about good care. It's not so much about the price, Emma. Let's, just, let's not focus on the price. Let's focus on what you're getting. You're getting a lifetime of care. You come back to the clinic anytime. You get your clinic passport. We're out to introduce the clinic passport. So people talk about buying a you know, not buying, but having an initial consultation. No, 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 no. It's not an initial consultation. Once you become a patient, you then get access to the clinic forever. You know, you keep coming back, as I say, for every yearly appointment. So it's, you know, you pay once. Yes, it's a big whack, but it sees you through. It sees you through, you know, through and and uh, and, and onwards. So um, that's the way you got to think of it. Uh, there you go, Emma. Yes. JJ Brill, surgeon, would recommend. There you go, Kimberly. That's the sort of endorsement we need. Yeah. Jackie saying thanks, JJ. Kimberly Brill, capital letters from Kimberly. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you for that endorsement. So I am going to go and put my feet up now. And I suggest you do likewise. If um, you're free, I don't know if you, how you fix next Tuesday at seven. But if you are free, uh, I'll be here doing more of the same. So, um, I hope to see you there. So uh, have a very good evening. <laughs> have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.